Hi everyone, I'm Mamsa. And I'm Portia. Welcome to Assume It Will Be Brilliant. Shondaland Stand Podcast. Hey Nonsense, final episode. I know, I actually can't believe we, it's been a whole season already. <laughs> I know. It, never mind that it's been a whole season. It's been a whole second season, Nomsa. Like we've, yeah. put it, we've really shown up and done this. And I want to say that this season was a bit smoother in the process, I feel like, than the first season. We had a few more scheduling stuff, but we just like fixed it and got on with it. So I'm really proud of that. And I hope that people have enjoyed listening. It's been a diverse season, let's say. I do, I think mm-hmm. Owen Hunt came up once. Um <laughs> <laughs> but in a rant <laughs> in a rant exactly um and i don't know i'm really enjoying the process of working this out and growing with you and seeing what it turns into i mean we started off as a straight shondaland podcast now we're just a general television podcast and um we've gotten a bit more personal and i'm really excited to see what we do with season three because <laughs> i know it morphing. we have watched so many shows my goodness <laughs> We really have. But here we are on our final episode. And it's kind of a follow up to not last week's episode, but the week before is where we which was titled um, This is me now. And this Mm. week, our episode is called This is us. And it is a straight TV episode. We're going to be talking about the TV show, This Is Us. Yay. Yeah, it had its series finale this year. So it was robust, very full six beautiful seasons just with the richest of storytelling i'm fairly certain anybody who's listened consistently to this and cares about the stuff we say about tv has probably watched it but you know there's Mm -hmm. just so much television so you never know so for the sake of just everybody's edification this is us is a family drama it's specifically about a family called the pearsons at different stages of their lives through time Uh, you see them as children you see them as adults you see them as they are older specifically the triplets or in the show as they call the big three are the center of the this is us universe the siblings so it's kevin randall and kate and then there's a large focus also on their parents who are rebecca and jack and you see them as i said throughout middle school high school and just after um into their 40s and 50s i guess even 60s you never really know Mm. yeah so jack pearson is a kind of a patriarch but he's just considered like the hero that's what you get in season one it's like the hero of this family died and now everybody's falling apart and how are they going to do the rest of their life eventually we meet another central character i think around season four who is nikki who is jack's brother Mm -hmm. and that was a really interesting time because obviously you think it's like a straight family drama but it does end up venturing because also important plot point is that randall one of the triplets is a black boy that they adopted so Mm. you get a lot of commentary on politics but through the very specific stories of the characters it's not a heavy-handed social justice lecture but it's about the realities of this thing and one thing I learned a lot about through Nikki and through Jack's story was the draft like Vietnam Mm -hmm. yeah I, I, it had been a long time I understood it but since I had had any sort of humanizing of just being a young man and then one day on TV they announce your name and now you must go be a soldier and mm-hmm. how what you know um, yeah. that is which made me think a lot more just about the power of the state and like state violence and like the way that these things feed into each other because in order to become a soldier you have to buy into a certain view of masculinity you have to like dehumanize certain other people that you go and then you come back 
back and then never mind the stuff with the VA that Owen Hunt is always on about where, <laughs> where they don't probably take care of you once you've come back and you've been through a whole bunch of horrific trauma but that leads into your family right you saw Jack's family anyway uh, Rebecca is the other huge central character she's an overarching matriarch the kids are very dedicated to her she gets married to Miguel who was Jack's best friend and so there's interesting relational stories that are told there because I could see how the kids struggled even I was like yo but they really didn't make it salacious which a lot of shows did mm. like if you've seen anything like a la Desperate Housewives or any drama it's always like you're sleeping with my best friend or you went off and it's like sometimes it's a little bit more complicated than that and this mm. you know binary pole you know polar opposites black and white right wrong stuff gets questioned but in the sweetest most delicate way Randall that is the adopted son also just he's like the heart of this show like he is a man with all his emotions in the front yeah. scene, you know? and I love that people acknowledge that about him and he acknowledges it about himself and that he works on it and they all work on it and you know accept each other and he's married to my favorite person in the whole show who is Beth uh, Pearson and an aside is that the spouses of the Pearsons have their own little crew where they're like oh my god the big three these dramatic people so her and Kate's husband Toby and eventually Kevin's uh, baby mama Madison and like ultimate love uh sophie are like a little crew they're like the additions to the to the pearson the centrifugal force that is the pearsons you know that they are always off like figuring things out and so yeah those are the main characters i think we see kevin is an actor in hollywood he's the rich one of them all and he is on a tv show called the manny which is very popular as a sitcom but um obviously kind of not that serious and he goes through his thing of always trying to find himself through his career and work has a bit of an alcohol problem that began uh as a teenager much um, like his father and, pardon me much like his much father his exactly father. and then was always comparing himself to his father's ability to overcome that and being like such a good man and for a long time doesn't even know that it was a problem and then Kate Kate uh struggles with being a woman of size like that is the trauma that has marked her for a lot of her life and then in addition to the loss of her father and then being the only girl in the family not feeling like she can express because she's a singer her creativity because her mom's such a great singer and is thin and beautiful um and was very close with her dad and yeah it just that was her stuff growing up and then she ends up marrying Toby who she meets at a Weight Watchers type uh, meeting and they end up Madison too <laughs> and Madison too her best friend and she's there for a different eating disorder yeah, yeah. and uh, they get married so those are the people those are the people we follow and something I love about the show like even explaining that I just feel like what a hollow because the way they tell these stories mm. is so expert is so artsy it's woven through time it's so emotional, but without being exploitative, you know what I mean? Mm. And it really keeps it in the in their world so you can understand it from their perspective. And it's just a really well done family drama. There's not much more to say. It's got its little pockets of comedy. You end up really feeling like these are my people, like this is the family. I've got to check in with these people, like what's going on? So yeah, moving on, let's do the scorecard. So who is your favorite Pearson? I've already mentioned mine. So you're choosing Beth or yeah. okay so not the nuclear family oh wait Pearsons. yes we had this argument on this thing already I keep on being confused okay <laughs> then my favorite Pearson is I'm gonna go with Kate great. I'm gonna go with Kate I was gonna great. say Randall but when I think about it overall like Kate is the one I was rooting for the most because I knew she didn't actually have like she was struggling with self-esteem the whole show and like yeah. getting to a place where she could stand on her own too and really believe in herself whereas 
Randall had all these the self-confidence and he had all the ability and the power, but you could see how he liked to like spiral in on himself, like torture himself with things. And I'm not saying that to blame him or anything. Oh yeah, but he did. I mean, they do go through the story of him having anxiety. And I think, you know, I guess a part of it for me was the pressure of being perfect as an adopted child. Yes, yes, yes. Um, in a white family also. Mm-hmm. And I guess I could be projecting, but the idea of not wanting to be abandoned when you've already been abandoned. So I think that also played into his own anxiety. I don't think you're projecting or, yeah, or like just needing people. And we're going to talk about it a little bit about the things, the issues that were dealt with very well and in novelly and that you don't often see, I guess. Yeah, but you could see in him like wanting to make things like good and right and have and create that sense of safety and like love perfectly and be loved perfectly as well um that it was something he was kind of chasing you know yeah my favorite person is jack i'm just gonna be the cliche i just really loved him and i what i really loved about him is that he actually wasn't perfect Mm. and that he didn't pretend to be and i think what i also loved about him in the story is that he's such a good example of, well, the story is such a good example of how we look back on our parents. Mm. And we, we, especially when they, or when you lose a, a person close to you and you look back on things and you remember them as you've obviously were perceiving them at the time and they stuck in that narrative for you. Mm. And for the kids, he was this big giant hero character and they're trying to live up to him. So um, Kevin's always trying to live up to what Jack Mm. was and Kate's always trying to find her Jack to marry. Mm. And, and yet he you 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 as you're unfolding things and even for Kevin as he's unfolding things and realizing dad wasn't this perfect person he was just he tried his very best to be such a good father and such a good wife and wife husband and he failed at things and he succeeded at things and I just really really enjoyed him Yes, and I actually, I'm loathe to, loathe is a strong word, but I'll keep it, to encourage, because I because I feel like there's a dearth of like, um, how do I say, of hero type feminine archetype that are looked up to um, in the sense of like, when we look at a matriarch and we're grateful, there's a sense of like, she, she would owe that to us anyway. Like women are these martyrs and these mothers and like right. there's a quintessential way to be and how wonderful for her, but like, we we expected that you know what I mean and like good job for doing it well and then when there's patriarchs like hero dads like they're always these heroish dads like so hero-y and exactly that the whole family's living up to them you know I can say this in my own life and we're not acknowledging sort of the humanity because because remember Mm. we've talked about this um which um poet and activist Alok Menon put so eloquently in the Man Enough podcast like um with that guy from what's it Justin Baldini I think yeah Justin Baldini they were talking about how like putting somebody down literally but also putting somebody on a pedestal both things are dehumanizing yes you know because then you don't get to see a full picture they don't get to be fully human as well but I will say that I ultimately like when I do in the final squaring of events I do not think that looking up to Jack Pearson is one of those things because if you're watching the whole story because they give you such a full yeah yeah, because they give you such a full picture and he oh Milo he did such a good job of being this person who is deeply hurt, right? But also resolute and determined, but not in a heavy-handed, masculine, I'll show you way mm. to not perpetuate 
what he has experienced to do it differently, but also fails a ton, but then doesn't make yeah. himself terrible and doesn't put the burden of fixing all of it on Rebecca. And at least when he realizes that he might be doing that, because they had their moments where she was like, you know, Jack, uh-uh. Yeah. And he had to pick himself up, but he's not. I just think he's a great example of masculinity as like a yeah. nice gentle held like not the toxic kind you know what I mean like yeah. he's still every stereotype dad provider you know did my sacrifice this is my wife and my kids you know like but he really <laughs> why does he sound like that now and being a stereotype of like a, <laughs> a like a dad you know a man at least an American man you know what I'm saying like that we usually say. but yeah Jack is great do we have a least favorite per- Pearson yeah you yeah. have is Kevin okay now yeah, Henry, okay. I that's my I'm going to just say that's my my opinion yeah. my, un, uh, my unpopular opinion is Randall now hear me okay I mm-hmm. love I love you always say hear me <laughs> <laughs> like wait wait don't come in first hear me <laughs> okay say it say it say it I love Randall Pearson okay and I love R&B Okay, Randall and Beth are many, many mm-hmm. vibes. I mm-hmm. love it. What annoyed me, and because Sterling was doing this role so well, and this was done on purpose, but it annoyed me, is the whole Randall would always be, you know, putting himself up as like better than everyone. And he was condescending mm-hmm. in his family. And it, it kept coming up, especially in the later seasons. And I just felt annoyed by it. But they did, it did come back around to a place where, and I think it was maybe the dynamic between Kevin and Randall where it always would show up for me. It would just be like, there was this one episode where they had this big confrontation outside. And I was like, but Randall, you are always doing this. Like... <laughs> Even though I'm not agreeing with Kevin, but I agree with Kevin. And and even though I'm annoyed by Kevin, I'm more annoyed by you, Randall. Mm -hmm. But what they did in this last season was develop that to a point where, and I think, you know, with the help of Rebecca, where they got past that part of their relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think Randall grew, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah. But Kevin, just because like, I mean, he was always... Kevin is decidedly the most annoying. Yeah. He's decidedly the most annoying. Like, because, yeah, because he has the capacity to figure out his whatever. Yes. And you are just watching him sort of spiral. But, you know, it's funny. I'm having a random connection and thought about the TV show Insecure and this. Because one oh, of the yes. things that I loved about this and Insecure is that whenever there was conflict going on, they had done such a good job of developing the conflict itself, developing the characters, developing their POVs in the dialogue, in the confrontation, saying the things like you're saying, you're like, I don't agree with Kevin, but I also don't agree with you, Randall. In fact, I'm more mad at you, Randall. So whenever you're mm-hmm. discussing these things, you're like, no, people disagree that you can't say whose side you're on. Like that's yes. what a good job they did. Like you remember yes. Molly and Issa's fights, right? Yes. And the, and these kinds of fights are much more true to real life than the sort of Absolutely. like dramatic things you see in other dramas. And they're because they're repeated, right? They're cyclical. Mm. And one of the things that like you've been in that situation, anybody you have an intimate relationship with, you have had the same fight several times. Like those people mm. who are your family, 
or your partner who you're not quitting anytime soon, but there's something there. And what I love about this is us, and especially with the storylines that Kevin was given a lot of the time and the trouble he was causing, is that, as you said, like in this final season, you get a 360 degree view because they do those time jump things. So you can yeah. see how Randall does feel self-righteous for a number of reasons. First, he was always praised for being so mm-hmm. good and so down the line and knowing what to do and getting, you know, being smart. And then he did feel because he was that adoptee, right? Like, and there's like a gratitude there that gets embedded. You know, you're supposed to be grateful and happy and not have conflicted feelings, especially if your mother is, your family is loving and, you know, you got into a good family. So, and so even though you feel like, but why did my original family want me? And you can't talk about it. And then Jack dies and he's the responsible one. So he then takes on yep. an outsized responsibility for Rebecca. They're the mm. ones who are the closest. It's great. He's so compliant. So the relationship is easy with Rebecca most of the time. And he wants to be impressive. So they both feed into that, right? And yes. don't talk about conflicting things. And then there's the other boy in the family who's not the special adoptee boy, but he's the son. And he wants yeah. attention. And he's good at stuff. You know what I mean? And like, he's in a competition now with this brother that he yes. never saw coming, who's clearly different and somehow more special. And he wants to also be like, but my stuff matters. And even when he doesn't have to prove himself, he's on yes. a mission to do that. And that's the same with Randall. And so then they end up because they're different, like in this loggerheads. But I love that it was, you see it fully. Like yeah. the whole, yeah. you know, you're in the whole suit. Oh, this is such a good show, actually. I, I know. I was just thinking that <laughs> it's so good. Then we have favorite ship. We've already said R&B, Randall and Beth are next For life. For life. At the end of the series finale, Nikki and his flight attendant woman, I forgot. Oh, yeah. I was so happy he found somebody who's like, you weird old man. Like, I'm down for this. And he mellowed out and got well. So that would be my other favorite ship. I probably ship Kate and Philip the new husband it's just that we didn't get as much time with him um, but overall and i think this is like consensus on the, this is us internet too katobi like they were amazing you know yeah. when <laughs> when they were amazing when they, they were, were amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. well they wrap it up having them still kind of be amazing which i like they didn't give us drama yeah yeah your favorite side character. My favorite side character. Well, Nikki doesn't count. He became a main character. Yeah. I've um, got one. Yeah, you go ahead. I don't think I want. Ma- William. <gasps> Randall's bio dad is honestly, I miss him. If, since he le- like he left, I missed yeah. him every time. Like all yeah. the time. I was, and having I, him in this last season, I was like, yeah. oh. I saw him in um, a play on Broadway with Uzo Aduba, Clyde. Oh, wow. And the whole time I was like, <laughs> Do you remember not- the episode when Ra- him and Randall took the drive? Yes. Oh, oh, oh. There was a while there. From I honestly think there might be one episode. And I don't even believe myself. In which I didn't tear up, which is what this is actually known for. But what I know is that the Williams years, finished. Finished. 
I, okay, I'll tell you who my favorite side character is. Oh, rather, it's my favorite side story. Um, the story of Randall's bio mother and um, oh, yes. the, the Vietnamese. Was he Vietnamese or Thai? I don't remember. Um, I can't remember. But you remember they go to her house and they find yes. this, this uh, Vietnamese man there and he tells yes. her story. Yes. And that was so beautiful to me. The whole thing. I don't know yeah. where they got it from. I don't know who in the writer's room. That's their family's story. I don't know what. But everything about the that those episodes and him meeting Laurel and them falling in love and like the family drama and the way the farmer's market was even depicted and then the lake yes. and then having the ha- like I loved the story of, of Randall's mother after he gave uh, she gave Randall up yeah. and he did a particularly whoever that Asian man like he did such a good job um his role and with his granddaughter uh, it was too much for me even now I'm like oh, this is such a good show it told so it's many stories can I add one more it's just yeah. the doctor the doctor <gasps> who he's central uh, he's central I... Oh, the one who told her about her strength and who got her oh my yes. god when he was on and the he train told the story of the lemons the oh yes and he the was lemons. the bartender on the train exactly exactly and he told her like, i don't know about like saving or whatever <sighs> like and he told her you did this like what you've done yeah. with it like i told you something but look what you did rebecca yeah. oh, and i was just so, so ugh, anyways yeah you have least favorite side character as well i don't cassidy know. Cassidy Cassidy okay for those of you who don't remember her she's the other veteran um who has this fling thing with Kevin Kevin. when he is finding Nikki um and and she has a son and she she watches Nikki as well yeah when yeah I don't hate her but I found her annoying I found her story annoying I the value that you I got or I think the show gives you from it is a more modern day story of veterans um, coming mm. back from, from, from mm. war. And I think that is very valuable in and of itself because you, we look at Nikki in the Vietnam war and then we look at Cassidy. And mm. I think that was also a great connect, a connection point for Nikki and even for Kevin. Mm. Remember he'd gone and mm-hmm. gone to mm-hmm. Vietnam and all of that. So yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But I really just, especially their back and forth, her and Kevin in sort of, are we, are we something yeah. or not something? And yeah. the breakdown of a marriage, I was like, oh, no, no. Yeah. I like, I like the Cassidy, Nikki, Kevin triangle. Um, yeah. Because I relate to Kevin in some ways, as annoying as he is, because he's an eternal optimist, right? And so he always, whenever he's going into something, he has the rom- the most romantic vision of it mm. in his mind. And I'm the same way. I really, I, wa- I walk into a lot of walls, you know, like I... <laughs> <laughs> so often that I've had to accept who I am. Plus we're needed, right? You need the optimism. Yes, Otherwise, you do. So I like that they, Nikki and Cassidy d- did that. They like pierced his little like bubble veil, you mm. know, to be, you can't ignore Nikki's PTSD. You can't just come in and be like, find my dad's brother. We'll be best friends forever. And even with Cassidy, she's like, no, like actually my, with the stuff with my kid, the stuff with my husband, it's not stuff you can just wish away. I can't just fall mm. into love with you, Mr. Hollywood man. Like we can't just pretend like, you know, yeah. things aren't what they are. And I think they taught him a lot. And I, so I like, and then also, as you said, 
especially since we're always talking about like Grey's Anatomy and like for instance in Grey the approach to telling the veteran stories are so stereotypical like yes. they, it still has the deep hero narrative he's saving them secretly they've sacrificed for whatever we this country mm. da, 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 da. like those like platitudes <laughs> those things that always get thrown <laughs> out and this one <laughs> and in this one it's much more grounded it's much more yeah like, in the particularities of being having had that life and as you said at different stages vietnam and then present day so that was really good um do you have a favorite season oh i would say season one mm. followed by season six just because yeah. that start was so 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 strong and so the strong. end was so 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 strong like it was rounded out so well and i loved i mean we'll talk about it later the journey of you know leading to Jack's death and then leading to Rebecca's death and seeing how that was told season one season six I, if I had to pick I would say season one mm. yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like season one and two as a package because I like to really get Senior. in the story because I thought season two was also great. It slowed down there and got we were in the thick of it for three, four, you know, and most of five. I also I want I'm saying seasons. Let me say my favorite seasons are one and two as like the juice. You know what I mean? And then mm. I love season six, but it was moving faster than like a season yes. one or two because it was wrapping up. But I just thought it was very well done. Like it really did a wrap up of everybody's stories and stuff you saw coming yeah. and didn't see coming like so well. But yeah. Do you have favorite storylines or least favorite ones just to wrap this segment up? I It's hard. for There were so many and it's hard for me to sort of pinpoint what I cared about the least or the most also because they usually used I felt like they never told wasted stories I agree with I you do, that Cassidy yeah. was the biggest sort of add-on you yeah. know? but actually even Nikki and Cassidy like there was no reason for Kevin to need to go seeking Jack like they made him I mean, seeking Nikki, they made him sort of central to Jack's life in the in the in the backdrop. Like they just inserted him in at some point. Like you yeah. never knew even of Jack's brother and then they. But I still thought it was a well-told story for the most part. I don't know, but it's the most add on me. I'm trying to think if there's like a storyline for each character that I did not care for. Maybe actually <laughs> their daughter coming out. Oh like, my word! Because... I almost forgot about that. Ex that's why because it felt like they <laughs> yeah. just did it and then they let her float away and then one time she was shouting about she was like I'm a naughty Gen Z who wants you to say the right words and then they were like burr 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 kiddo we love you and then I mean look it's it was still this is us so what they gave us good you know what I mean they don't give us low quality but I will say that might be the storyline that felt like as a show we support the gays the end you, you know, know like you're so right <laughs> not you're they didn't so, give so her right. full robust and the one they did give her was felt that's the most thing that felt stereotypical like she's now a militant little teen and we have to whip her back into shape and remind her that da 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 but they didn't and also that actress who played the girl she's probably like the least best like i i don't know because <laughs> i love the abby's the worst you're right it's just But she's so cute. She's so cute. She's so sweet. <laughs> you actually, yes. I so that was, that is probably my least favorite storyline. I'm gonna keep with my favorite storylines as the kid level. Um, Deja, Deja, that whole story, her coming into the family, her and her birth mother, her is older. The connections between young Deja, main Deja, and and older Deja beautiful whoever these actresses are like oh she's so good she's every time she was sharing her heart i was in it my chest was there yeah. i was also like i'm here empathizing with you i'm deep in it so deja is my favorite um and what is her name what is the daughter's name oh my um 
I just know Annie and Deja. That's how bad they did Tess. And and Tess might be my least favorite story. And I must agree with you with Tess. But not in like a Tess. bad way. Yeah. Just in a very I did like, feel... I felt like they did the story and then threw it away. Like Exactly. Have, you know, yeah. I did feel a bit like they would, they did the story and then they disappeared Tess for a while. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that was weird. But I think my least favorite storyline, just as a general storyline, has to be Kevin going to Vietnam. And I get it. Okay, I get it. But I just felt this is not actually necessary. Even though we were seeing flashbacks of Jack and Nikki, and I think it was more of a device to introduce Nikki and make him relevant. But I just felt this is my least, my least. I, I would agree. I would say... It was my least because it was another iteration of Kevin being what I perceive as annoying. You know what I mean? Like being like unnecessarily extra. Extra. Why do you go all the way to Vietnam? Why do you have to go? But at the same time, it 100% tracks with the character they've developed. 100%. And so So, that was the, the issue with it. Yeah, it added value. Is the thing. It's like it, they always make it add value. Mm. Um, except oh, that actually is the one. Yeah. But I could have done without. I mean, you really couldn't because of Nikki. But, but yeah. fine. They, and favorite, also, I think what happens too is that yeah, that's annoying because it's Kevin and Kevin's the main character. A lot of the sort of disappeared storylines and thingies are when they like have a, a more not like not a Pearson character that they love and so they want to give a little bit more to them and so then they cover them a little more but they're not gonna they're not the main event right yes so they yes, can't stick yes. with it it's kind of like Miguel like his his family story was very interesting him and his like but it was just to be like oh Miguel's been here a minute let's throw him a bone but, and like, but it was also to I do think it explained the Miguel one I have to defend even though it's the one I didn't the one episode I didn't cry in and I was least interested in mm-hmm. it was it explained so well for me how him and Rebecca actually got together yeah after so many years all the things he ended up losing his dynamic with his family and that heritage and I thought that was actually really beautiful and then showing where he you know then he died and then where they yeah yeah um left his ashes I thought that was actually beautifully told it was really well Um, I mean this is the thing they never tell a story badly that's what I'll say but my complaint when I say least favorite storyline is more like abandoned storyline and not like actually a bad anything So let's move into segment three about the final season, the big finale. You go first. What are your thoughts? I thought this was such a beautiful, beautiful season and so well done. Like we said, they closed out all of the stories. They really, you know, there were some things that like you really sad that happened, like the end of Katobi, but they still closed it out so well in the end. And I just like, I mean, even the Miguel story, beautiful, um, seeing his whole fam- family story, the time jumping that we've all already spoken about, so well done. Those flash forwards, the you know, the flashbacks, it was done a lot quicker, but it didn't feel mm-hmm. rushed to me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just, you know, juxtaposing it with season one, like I said, moving into knowing Rebecca's going to die mm-hmm. and for the kids to know that in contrast to when Jack died Jack and died. they had no, it was such a shock mm-hmm. and seeing them being able to process while mm-hmm. Rebecca is alive mm-hmm. and 
it's just, it was, it's such a beautiful storytelling about um, your parents aging and never mind, let's say they might not have Alzheimer's, but the older your parents get, you you know, death is coming. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to if they die without you in a shocking way, it's such a different experience, I can imagine. Um, and to be able to, pro- you, I think as we get older, we process, process that more and more um, as they get older as well. And I just felt it was just an incredible way to to tell it. And they really, the character development of all of them. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, I mean, they obviously started with very fully formed. I would have loved to be in their workshops, like essences of these characters and really got them to a place because even when I look back, I'm like, yeah, they are who they've always been. But the the journey they've gone on are just epic (laughs) in a way, you know, in this very epic, because whenever we say epic, you think like Sparta and like Alexander the Great yes. something running across. But it is epic in the in the real sense of like the granular bits of life, you know? Mm. Um, and as you said, I have to say this is one of the best ways I've ever seen impending death happen. And what I love is that they stayed away. It's, it's just incredible because it's such a sentimental show. It's clearly designed to pull out your heartstrings. But I think it pulls at our heartstrings by all the right things and without exploiting the harshest part and just the specific incident. So for instance, I love that we didn't actually see a funeral, like a whole yeah. prolonged funeral. We didn't hear funeral speeches to make us remember this person and break down because it already yeah. showed us everything we needed to see. When we were yeah. watching Rebecca, she was young. She was alive. She was going through this beautiful train. Remember the mm. Caboose story with her dad? Yes. You know, her memory, she was meeting the love of her life. So they just gave us, they showed her in in while they were also filming in real life, you know her leaving the earth and then at the funeral they just pan through with smiles and tears but it's quiet right you're not hearing their voices you're not hearing them hearing Randall give a speech that's obviously going to tear us apart you know what I mean yeah and I loved I think it might have been the premiere season the premiere episode when we got back from the mid-season break for season six Mm -hmm. um there was this beautiful sequence the cold open at the beginning with the swings of the kids so they show Jack and Rebecca pushing the kids and it like turns into Kate and Toby doing it turns into Beth and Randall doing it turns into their son there in the way in the future with his wife uh, the musician doing it it's just so beautiful like it's just showing mm. you like look we all carry on we all go on we all do our best and the family is just trying its best to stick you know together and I think you mentioned Katobi as well that they gave us this wonderful unstereotypical moment where you said like they did a good thing of shipping people even when like they've made the because that was a hard plot point hey Kate and Toby breaking down in season six are you serious like at the end I was like get out of my face you can't do it in the last season what the (laughs) hell (laughs) and you think that's how it should be done instead of just leaving us thinking oh these two will always have a pain between them like that's Mm. one sad point of the show they actually showed them like having a beautiful still intimate relationship and still loving and still um, loving and yeah. yeah and I mean they're experts of giving us a full circle moment this show so yeah they I they mean, did that even, you know they did that and even with Jack the kids are yes. leading up to burying their mom and yeah. you get that episode where Jack has to bury his mom and yes. work through all the complicated um, feelings that he had about her and yeah. you know the whole relationship that she stayed with her with the dad as abusive as he was and then he had to get her out mm. um, of that relationship and he had to also separate himself from her to save himself mm-hmm. um, 
and just processing, you know, her death as well. And I think mm-hmm. just the complexity of that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things I do want to shout out about this show was their handling of um, stories related to race and adoption. Not something I've seen anywhere else before. And it's actually kind of in the zeitgeist at the moment because of what's going on with Roe versus Wade. I don't know if you follow, I follow a couple of um, accounts on Instagram that are by transracial adoptees who talk Mm. about the trauma of being adopted into basically white families who had no idea what they were doing and and like what they suffered within and outside of that and are sort of trying to counter the narrative. Some of them are are fully like it shouldn't happen at all but, but most are trying to say stop talking about adoption as if it is this net good wonderful thing. The fact that it exists is actually a failure of our society because people shouldn't be having to give up their children. There should be community enough for people to be born and feel like they belong and be taken care of. And when it does happen, even when it's a perfect family, like it is a complex trauma for the adoptee because they have all these feelings. When you get into a family of the same race, you might be able to avoid a lot of them if you believe for a long time that like this is your family until you find out you're not then you know, now you have like some questions that you have. But in transracial situations, it's all the most stark. And often the family wants to just pretend you're not Black or you're not Asian. Mm. And and so it's just to say it's complicated and it's traumatic for the individuals who undergo it. And I think this show did such a good job of showing that to us in Randall and in Deja and in these different ways. Because he was adopted into a white family. Mm. Um, and you see his anxiety. You see his perfectionism. You see everything that comes out of it. You see that as an adult, he's still searching. He's still trying to figure this out. He's got to find William. He's got, he's got to know his whole story. And then you have Deja who has a mother, you know what I mean? Who just doesn't have the capacity to take care of her at the time. And this beautiful black family that wants to have, but he also wants to adopt because he was adopted. And she's like, don't adopt me because you're in some story. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. they have a bond because they're going through the same thing, but it's also very different. And they have to confront mm. that in these moments that are so emotional. And mm. one thing about this family, man, is that they are present and they show yeah. up to the hard conversations. You know what I mean? They do. Uh, Beth makes fun of them, but it's true. Like the, that, that was one of the things that I saw. And I was like, this is actually, I don't know, I might play this as a masterclass, you know. <laughs> yeah for I mean, my own even, to be like look how they talk like you know yeah yeah even with the you know Randall and Rebecca's relationship and Rebecca almost there's an, a sense of erasure of mm-hmm. the fact that Randall is adopted because mm-hmm. for her we have to like you are my son and in doing that she erases Randall's bio dad Mm-hmm. and doesn't let him know who that is yeah. who, who he is has it, yeah and they struggle as well and her struggle as well and even with Rebecca she lost the one triplet the mm-hmm. the, the baby died and then now she has to take she well they've decided to adopt and she takes on another child mm-hmm. and just the complexity of that it's not a replacement baby mm-hmm. can't be mm-hmm. no no trying to 
um, make sure that an adopted child feels whole in your family, like a big, mm. like a part of your family and, you know, them navigating that even, and that you have to do whether or not the child looks like you or not. And, but it's, it's especially stark when they don't look like you. Jack has to, you remember when he went to that class with Randall, when Randall was still small? The karate class. Yeah. The karate class and going to a karate class where everyone else is black mm-hmm. and doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh my gosh. Yes. They did that. They really put it in such these moments. Even remember at the grocery store when, when child Randall is acting up and then the white people in the grocery store act away. And then Rebecca has to see what's what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. at the pool. And even her parents being a bit yeah. racist, mm-hmm. uh, like it's just, it was, Oh yeah, her parents. Wow, that. Yeah. so good. Um, and she had to take such the accountability she took, like those scenes with her and Randall when he was eventually like, "I am pissed at you for yes. hiding this from me," and yes. she also has to say, "I'm sorry that I did that." She can explain, yeah. like, "I, was I thought it's what was best, but I was wrong. I shouldn't have done yeah. that." But this is the I took that away from feeling. you. Yeah. Time, 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 time. And, and the show just... is about time. You know, mm. time. It's it's time. all we have is the time we have now. That is. Literally Literally yeah. all we have. And yeah. that's what the show is really about is you don't have more than that. What you have is right now with the people that you love. So uh, have the hard I conversations, know. take responsibility, take ownership, because this is, that's what you have. And when it's gone, yeah. it's gone. It's not recyclable. It's really gone. It's not recyclable. And William was so incredible. Oh, William with his just so open incredible. heart, just showing up with all his struggle, all his, and just so grateful, you know, to be included and to, mm. to be like how he was with the children, how he was with Randall. His monologues are the best. I just want to find them and print them out and read every word William said. I you know. know. <laughs> yeah. And then they closed it so beautifully. As we close, let's close it. Like Rebecca passes away. She's holding Jack's hand. She's squeezing (sighs) Randall's in real life. Um, Kate is is like making a wild curriculum. They do their little big three song on the step. And Randall finds out that he's having a grandson. And he could not be more pleased. He's just like, finally, (laughs) I've been surrounded by all these women. I love y'all, but I, (laughs) I've been ready. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And she's still with Malik, which is so lovely. It was so lovely. And the way that she is, I loved Deja and Randall might be actually my favorite ship. You know, I have a a Mm. thing with like, you know, girls and their dads and like the fact that she was holding this news, she wanted it to be for him and she knew how to like help him and comfort him. And he's, Mm. he's still very honest with her. You know, they sit on the steps and he tells her exactly what's going through his mind. Like my mom died and I just noticed I'm hungry and that's wild to me. You know, like (laughs) it's, I can't believe that life is just carrying on like bloody, bloody, bloody. Just the way, oh, there's one more plot point that I wanted to mention. Kevin, Kevin is back with um, Sophie. Sophie in the end, um, he's real love, and Kate is like you said, the curriculum, and she is yeah, also she's doing amazing. now married. She's married. married to oh yeah. Oh, and they actually and, each of them. That's what I like the most. That each of them is finally in their sovereignty, like, and not yes. nobody's codependent anymore. Everybody and, is just seeing each other. Helping each other, uh, loving exactly random steps each off. other. So good. Seeing yeah. each other, like seeing and they make all those they say all those wonderful things to each other. 
yeah. about just like how they understand what each of them brings to the table, yes. how they love and respect it. And um, Kevin and Madison are doing so and they're like, we'll move up here, you know, yeah. to the house. And Kevin is now in that space where he's like, I can do something devotional like that. You know what I mean? Yes. He doesn't have to figure it out on his own and win life. He's like, I'm actually yeah. going to like put myself down here and take care of things and just... And not to be sort of like sucking up or trying to like, you know, be the big guy that Randall is is or whatever. Exactly. But just being comfortable with where he is in life and actually just doing it because you know what I can and I want to. They really become adults. Like they They stop, they're like, Randall learns that he can step off, that he's not going to be in charge of everything. Rebecca says, I'm in charge for a reason, you know? Kevin Mm. says, I can do this. I don't have to just be money. You know what I mean? That I provided just because I did. So, and then just he's sitting there at the end, that final scene and just looking around at everybody and the fullness of their their life and what they're, and he just says, thank you. And I was just like, this show is perfect. This show is perfect. so perfect. And w- one of the big moments that I really, really loved was when Rebecca said to to them, "Take like just because I, I like it's getting worse, um, and don't use me as an excuse. To don't not use live me. Your life. Take exactly. Take the risks. Make the mm. big moves, and mm. they do. And they they realize they that really they do. She says, "Make the big moves to actually do it." I love my favorite part of that speech is she says, "Even if they're small moves, even if they're small moves, and because moves, she's yeah. understanding, you know what? I, oh my god." Okay, why don't you give us our quote? Oh, to close off this um, show and also season two. Yeah. We all miss you all, but we will be back for season three. We have a quote from, of course, William, my fave. The way I see it, if something makes you sad when it ends, it must have been pretty wonderful when it was happening. Truth be told, I always felt it a bit lazy to just think of the world as sad because so much of it is because everything ends. Everything dies. Thank you, William Hill. Thank you. Thanks, William. Thank you, Suman Kalechi. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, especially Thank you, Sterling. Hey, William. Thank you, Justin Hartley. (laughs) Thanks, Milo. Thanks, Mandy Moore. Thank you, Ben Fogelman. Like, thank you, the team. I just like Um, to thank ABC. Yeah, NBC. Uh, NBC. My bad, my bad. (laughs) Anyway, thank you all for sticking with us. We hope you enjoyed the season. We'll be back soon. Have a wonderful rest of your summer if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, Cool down. Enjoy your winter. Get warm if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, Yeah. See you soon. Chat soon, Bosh. Bye bye. bye. Okay. The timing on that. I know. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Assume It Will Be Brilliant Pod. And if you have any queries, questions, or comments, please email us at Assume It Will Be Brilliant at gmail.com. And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant. If you want to support the show and help other people find us, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts.